Is that on? I want to forgive the sound. Forgive me for what I was thinking about the sound people. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope you had a great week. I hope that this week coming up is even going to be better than last week. Let me tell you, we are... Uh, in the middle of the building program, and we're on the final stretch. And all those that have been a part of the, the building and, and seeing that go up, it has been a journey, but we can see the end. And in the next few weeks, we'll see about 90 plus percent of it complete. And then we'll be able to shortly uh, after that, see the uh, grand opening and we'll celebrate together. But I, I, I want to uh, encourage you, if you'd ever want to stop by and see it, uh, it's open to the people of the church. We've even had people drive by, stop, and come in that don't go to the church and just say, well, the, the, the sign, the future home sign, has kind of got us uh, curious, what's going on? You know, what, where, where are you at? What are you doing? And, uh, and, and then, you know, we've had some uh, people that in the middle of the storm have been curious and, and not so nice. I'll just tell you. You know, the other day I was, uh, you know, we're, we're just talking about the, the storms of life and, you know, being careful what you say. And I'll tell you that God just, he's such a good God that gives me all these illustrations. You know what I'm saying? And uh, especially when I talked about watching what you say, if, if it's negative or positive. And, and, and this week it just so happened that I was there and there was some problems that, you know, we had to address and construction problems that couldn't be overlooked. I mean, it just had to be taken care of. And so I just got done solving that problem. And I turned around and I looked outside and a gentleman rode up on the bike. And he said, is there a superintendent here or the general contractor? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, I want to let you know, you got some problems with your dirt out here. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, what was it? He says, you have some hazards that, that the dirt isn't filled in around the curbs. And he said, somebody's going to get hurt. Now, where I'd just have been, and now where I'm at, I say, somebody's going to get hurt. It's you, old man. Get off the bike. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit went, Eek! watch your tongue. You've got to preach Sunday on that subject. And I looked at him, I said, Thank you for stopping by and letting me know that. If everything holds too true to the schedule, next week we should be finished and that should all be repaired. And he said, oh, you don't have to do it next week. Again, this is the week that we continue the series in Nourish to Flourish. There's some things that we have to put inside of us for the ability to flourish in the world around us. We're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, this morning, the, the title of the message is, again, the captain, which is the tongue. The Bible talks about in James that the, the, the rudder of the ship is so small, but it, it controls and guides the big ship in where it's going to go, its destination. And, and James, he, he refers to the tongue 
of being a very small thing, but very powerful because it sets the course of the individual. Now, now that could be a believer as well as a non-believer. It is something that in our culture that, let me tell you, that it takes work to be able to watch what we say. It's so easy just to say everything that comes to our mind. Like that example that I'd get off the bike, old man. In a few seconds, I thought I could, I could probably take him. He looked pretty good in his stretchy pants. You know, he's a bike rider. It's, it's hard to watch what you say. And this morning, we, we, last week we talked about, you know, the, the negative confession that happens. And, and we're going to just share a little bit about that. But we're going to go on to how important it is for a positive confession this morning. The, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus has died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. And the disciples are waiting like they were supposed to. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, now, again, when we're talking about that the tongue is very powerful and guides the individual, that we realize that being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be able to do the thing that at times seems impossible. Sometimes we think of that as a little thing, you know, speaking over things, confessing things. Well, we really don't need the power of the Holy Spirit for that. Let me tell you, yes, we do. So this morning, quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, is, and, and this is one of my favorite passages, as you know, if you've been a part of our church, because it's the Apostle Paul speaking to the believers in Ephesus. And what he's doing is he's, again, these are the things, guys, that I've been praying for you about. These are the things that if you can focus on, if, if it happens in your life, man, there's a life change. Paul says this, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know him better. Everybody hear that? That you might know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope. You might know the hope to which you, which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now look at the third thing. And his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. And I want you to see this because this, if you're waiting for me to preach here, here, we're already in the middle of this, but I want you to see this, that he first says that I'm praying and, and he could have said it to the chapel. I'm praying chapel that you would have the spirit. Of wisdom and revelation. What for? To know God better. To know Him better. Can, can you say that? I want to know Him better. Now, now watch this. He's praying, God, I, I, I pray that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they might know you better. Everything hinges on believing and trusting God's love for you that He can do what He says He can do. Because when, it, when we're talking about the tongue in a few minutes, if you don't trust God can do what He says He can do, it's so easy to lean on our own understanding and, and try to take over with our own wisdom. But when you know God better and you trust Him, you can say, Oop, hold it. 
He says also that our eyes may see and know who you are in Christ Jesus. God, I want to know who I am, my roles and goals. I, I, I want to know who you are. But God, in my own identity of who you have said that I am as your child, God, I, I'm praying that I would know my role in this world. I know my goals that you have given me, my purpose in life. Again, speaking about the tongue, it's so important to know that. And then the thing at the end is so amazing that you might have the hope that you might realize that there is power that God has given you by the Holy Spirit residing in us. The power that raised Christ from the dead, that power lives in us. Now, now again, we're talking about the tongue. So I want us to start out with realizing that if we understand these three things, it's so much easier to trust God and hold our tongue when we begin to want to lean on our own understanding and we don't want to acknowledge the Lord in all His ways because we're going out of our own experience, our own wisdom. Can I just tell you this, that this morning I love preaching. Because if nobody else enjoys it, I know it's good for me because it's the power of the tongue that I'm hearing myself. See, some of you have never heard of a tape recorder because you're too young. <laughs> but do you that remember hearing your voice on a tape recorder the first time? Do you remember thinking, that's not me? You might have even got embarrassed. You might even say, that's not, that don't sound like. Because what comes out of your mouth sounds different because it's, it's being reverbed inside that little bone in your ear. The stir up the anvil and the hammer, is it? The, the little bones in your ear that, you know, and you hear it different. But what you're saying out of your mouth is coming around and going in your ear. And then it comes in your heart. And what is in your heart, the good things a man stores up in his heart comes out of his mouth as well as the bad things that are in his heart comes out of his mouth. We talked about that last week. Now, just again, to understand that Paul was praying that, but we have a free will if we receive those things that God has for us. Let me just remind you that in Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. We know that the words that we hear, not just the word of God, but all words can change everything about us. And, and it seems so mystical, doesn't it? And I think that's why we downplay words. When somebody, you know, says, um, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt, hurt, or hurt you. That, that is such a farce. That is so wrong. Words have the power to be able to change your thinking. It changes your emotions. So all of a sudden you're emotionally driven. If you're not, if bad things are coming in, then your choices. And then when your choices change, it changes your habits, your character, and your destiny. Until one day you go, you know what? I've been putting in side wrong things, wrong words. Okay. It's very important to know the Word of God in our life. Do, do you know that it's more important to know the Word of God and then be able to use the Word of God in a moment of opportunity? 
We, we talked about this a little bit last week and the, and the fact that just because you know the word doesn't mean that you're applying the word in every situation. When it comes to the power of the tongue and, and a situation comes and somebody comes up in a bad moment and begins to kind of rail on you, you want to uh, speak. But when you know the word of God and you apply it to that circumstance, then again, we begin to see the progress, the transformation that begins to live out in a person's life. That's why when you see somebody that is being transformed, you're going, what happened to you? Did you shave off your beard? No, you didn't even have a beard. Let me see. Did you, did you grow higher? There, there's something different about you. But at the moment of opportunity, when you take what the Word of God has said and you've applied it in your life and you've talked, and then that opportunity comes and you step in it, all of a sudden you see something happen that people say, wow. Now, now watch this. How many times have we all seen somebody that has done something heroic? And the newscaster goes up to them and says, do you feel like a hero? Like they're going to go, yes, I do. You know, they always kind of look off. Yes, I, yes, I do. But the truth of the matter, I, I've never heard somebody go, yes, I do. They go, no. And then the words that follow usually are something like this. I just did what had to be done at the moment. But you swam a mile out to the airplane and you brought in five people and saved their... No. There was something in that person, though, that when that heroic moment presented itself, they did it. It's the same thing with the Word of God. When you have the Word of God inside of you and you're applying it and working it in your life, when that moment of opportunity comes, as little as it seems, it is in doing those things that God has over our life and spoken over our life that makes a difference in our life and it changes our destiny. Again, it's not just knowing what to do, but when to put that into practice at that moment. Because it's so hard to sometimes think that using the Word of God can supernaturally... What's that mean? God's Word in your life can put super on what you have as natural and see supernatural changes in the circumstances that are around you. Now, until you do this, this sounds like some pastor up here just going, bah, 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 bah. But when you begin to see what's coming out of your mouth and applying it to the place, supernatural things begin to take place in the world that around, that's around you. Now, it's so easy to get off the path of doing this. Let, let me just state the, the problem a lot of times that we see. It is so easy to get off of the path of doing the things that we know to do because a lot of times there, there's the ability to hear those voices from other places that are coming into, our, into the climate. You know, you can be walking and it's warm and fuzzy and all of a sudden somebody can say something. Sometimes they can just have bot language and get, is it cold in here? Words can change the climate. It's easy to get off the path. And a lot of times the voices come from a place that's not necessarily has to even be the enemy. It can be our own experiences that we've made choices that created 
And out of those experiences, now we've created a belief system that says, well, that don't work anymore. God's word. Yeah, I'm not going to say God's a liar, but I'm just saying he doesn't work in my life. And those voices come. Just like in the Garden of Eden. When, when, when they have everything they have, everything they need. And, and, and God says, just don't touch that one tree. Don't, don't eat of that one tree. He didn't say don't touch it, but he said don't. But then at, uh, Eve even says, we can't even touch it. To the place where the enemy says, God's holding out on you. If you eat it, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to. So, of course, we know the story that they sin, sin and destruction and comes into the, the world. And God's perfect will for mankind is not exhibited anymore in this world until he redeems us back. Now, he has redeemed us from the curse. But the day that, again, that we are with him in eternity. And we begin to see the perfect will. No sickness, no disease. But because of that disbelief that that came into the world, the sin came into the world, and it was all based on what they were hearing. God's holding out on you. Those voices that we hear. The the passage in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And, And some of the seed, remember it says, because of the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, that the word of God was not productive. It did not grow into that person's life. Those are the things that a lot of times are the voices that are in our life that keep us from being nourished and flourishing in our life. Now now watch this. So many times I hear people say, Pastor, I just can't hear God anymore. Direct me. Well, why can't I hear him speak in my life? There was a time where, Pastor, I, I, I just could hear his voice and it was so clear. Now, here's what's happened in John Miller's life that I'll, I'll just, I, I have to go on what my experiences are, is when my life becomes chaotic. And you know what chaotic is. Usually it's emergency mode. Something has happened. My, I either allowed my margin in my life to come down to very little until I begin to say, you know what? I don't have fill in the blank. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough interest in you. And we begin to hear or I begin to hear those voices. And if I'm not careful, I begin to go, you know what, God? I, I agree with Proverbs 18.21 that says the tongue has the power of life and death. But I don't know, God, is in the chaotic life, in the, in the busyness of life, in the distractions of all these voices that are speaking. And, and if you were here on Easter, remember we used the illustration of the drums? And we, we talked about the voice of God and, and it's so clear because there was just one drummer beating the drum and, and you could hear that drum beat, boom, 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 as a heartbeat. And we said, it, the closer you to get to God, you can hear his heartbeat and you know his will. But then we started all these other people beating on drums and everything else we could find on that day, you know, and pretty soon you couldn't hear that drum beat, that heartbeat that was so clear. 
So I want you to see this. Here's where we're going in Luke chapter 6, verse 43. In the message translation, it says it in a different way that kind of maybe bumps us all a little bit. But listen to what it says. Work the words, okay? Work the words, the words of God. Work the words into your life. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build life on. If you're If you work the words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house and bedrock. And when the river burst its banks and crashed against the house. Now, now let me say this before I go on. What is the river that's going to crash against its banks, go outside the bank? That's the chaotic life. You know. I'm going to read this in a minute, but you know, something came to my mind just this last week. If, if you've got some kind of Netflix or something, you know, you can go back and watch like Andy Griffith. Anybody ever watched Andy Griffith? It's funny. I had my children. Some of them came in for a few minutes while I was watching it. And I said, have you ever watched that? And, no, no. You can go back on some of those shows like the Waltons. Anybody ever seen the Waltons before? Anybody ever seen uh, Andy Griffith before? And, and you know, just that. I mean, I go back and I'm thinking, I'm sitting on the couch with a little boy going, I have nothing to do. Just chaotic life, it doesn't even exist. And the biggest problem is that Opie threw a rock through the window or something. You know, so John boy could not get any fish out of the pond. You know, whatever. It's just such a slower, non-chaotic life. See, when the rivers crash out of its banks, if you're working the word, listen, when the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. Now, now this morning, I want you to see just quickly that in our life, we get into the place that all of us come into life obstacles. You'll never hear this preacher say that life is just full of bed of roses. That you got to wear rose-colored glasses, you know, and everything's going to be okay. No, it didn't happen. We're going to go through trials and tribulations that work patience and maturity lacking. Now that we know that. The Word of God says that. But it's in those life obstacles, again, it's what we have in our capacity that we can draw on that comes out of our mouth that directs the ship or who we are into where we're going. Everybody with me on that? And when life obstacles come, there are all kinds of life obstacles from uh, A to Z. Just if you have one, join the club. We all do. In those moments when life obstacles begin to come around us and begin to bite on us, last week I talked about a, a smoke 
detector going off in our house in the middle of the night and all this stuff. And, 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 and let me tell you, they're always little ankle biters. You know, you're about that time they jump on it. You just keep cutting it out. You know, but you got all these little things that keep coming around. People saying stuff and doing stuff and you got problems. This is the time that in the middle of all that, if you're not careful, you'll slip into a season where you feel like you're helpless. I, and sometimes the things that are happening are not because of what you've done. But it doesn't help that the air condition went out in the month of July in Texas. But all these little things. You can slip into helplessness and then there's a season if you're not able to go, well, I'm not going to have it. I am not helpless. And the power of your confession doesn't begin. What happens is you'll slide into what is called hopelessness. And if you're not careful, you could say spiritually, you've just created a death sentence. Because when you don't, when you have got to hopelessness, you're dying spiritually. You can't have faith without hope. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. But again, aren't you glad that we serve a resurrection God? That he can resurrect even the dead. Speak to the dead. Here's where we're at. Either if you're in helpless stage or if you have even gotten to the point of hopelessness. When you get to the hopelessness, you're casting off. You've seen people do it, haven't you? The power that I don't care anymore. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. And I'm so done with you. And I'm divorcing. I'm quitting my job. I'm moving away. And you're going, what's up? They're doing things irrational. They're, they're hopeless. And what has caused that is they begin to confess it and before long they possess what actually they were confessing the doom and gloom in their life. I'm going to die because I have this problem and that problem and that. I'm going to, I'm going to get a divorce because we can't get this and this and this. <clears throat> so the power of our confession will come always back to our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now quickly turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to stay here uh, just a few minutes and then we're going to get into speaking in tongues. That's right, I said it. The power of the Holy Spirit working in us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is talking to the church now, a new church, that he has uh, planted in the city of Corinth. And he's referring back to a time when he had actually gone to this church. And set it up and spent time with them. And he begins to say something that is just like. Well let me just say. Let's read it. And it's something that I want to encourage you to meditate on. it. It's revelation. It's the aha moment. Now watch this. Job. All of us know Job had some ankle biters. And then he went through all the stages we've talked about of helplessness. And then he almost got to the place of hopelessness. But at the end of his life, he says, I have, I have heard with my ear who you are, but now I have seen you. In other words, the revelation now has changed his life. This is Paul speaking to a church that could give you an aha moment in your life. What will you do with it? Watch this. 
He says, Paul says, when I came to you, the church at Corinth, I did not come with elegance of superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. He could do that, by the way. You know that. He, he had a, 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 a being able to speak eloquent. In verse 2, it says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom. Now, now this is a revelation if you'll get it because the, the tongue will begin to flap on what you think is right and wrong. If you don't walk in the love of God, if you don't walk with the words of God living in you, you'll become very cunning and what comes out of your mouth sounds like very much truth. But if it's not based on the word of God, you're wrong. And I'm saying it to John Miller. I'm wrong. I kind of feel good. Not, he said, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom. Now watch this in verse 6. Let me say this. I missed this part because I've got it highlighted. Let me say it again. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. That's in the Greek, dunama. That's like dynamite, his power. In verse 6 it says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But the wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom. Now, now when I hear something of the secret, I kind of you know, inch my chair up. We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory. For, for my glory? Yeah. And He did it before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. Did you hear that? The rulers of this age, and, and really our age, didn't understand it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, you could say this, the, the, the rulers of this age, you know, the, the wise people that say God doesn't exist and all that. They, the reason why, look, it says, because they did not understand. Or they would not have crucified the Lord God. Now, let me just, I'm going to keep reading. But in John chapter uh, 14, it says, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because they ne neither see him nor know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now that's Jesus speaking to the believer. The people that are not believers cannot see or understand, so they, they don't even no 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 that's stupid. That that's not that's not power, that's not wisdom. Have anybody ever heard that on TV about God? Sure you have. God doesn't exist. Take God out of our schools because it's just a opinion. 
So we're going to continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and at 9, verse 9. It says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But now watch this next step. See, up to this place, no mind can, can conceive, no eye has seen, no ear has heard up to this time. But then he goes on to verse 10 and say, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Come on, stick with me. When Jesus came, died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came upon the earth, and the believer now has the Holy... He, he lives within us. To the world, the world says, that's stupid. They don't understand it. Now, we can get an agreement with our tongue and go, well, you know, it's kind of... Kind of cry, cry. Or we can go, God, I believe your word is truth. Your Holy Spirit, you live within me. You love me so much that you live within me. Now watch this. It gets better. How do we know the, the will of God for our life? How do we know the roles and goals, the purpose that God has given us? We know the Word of God. You, you do know the Word of God, right? Because if you know the Word of God, you, you know things like uh, the, the man with leprosy comes up, if you will, Jesus, you can heal me. If I will. See, he has no confidence in the Word of God. He doesn't know that God says, what, what, actually what we sang today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does anybody believe that there's people with leprosy walking around in heaven on the streets of gold going, one of these days he'll will to heal me. So we get in agreement with the word of God for healing over our life. And we create a habit in our life because of our choices of the word of God spoken continually in our life. We begin to walk it out. So... Mind can't conceive, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. But God has revealed all these things to us by the Spirit of God. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? I don't know what you're thinking, and you don't know what I'm thinking, but our spirit knows what we're thinking. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Words taught by the Spirit. Experiencing or expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Now, now watch this. A lot of people go, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. I won't do that. Speak in tongues. But in verse 14, it says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned or understood. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. 
For who know? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But watch this. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, that, 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 that is the aha moment, the ding, turn on the light moment. That's the wow moment. That's the, we have the mind of Christ. It is walking what we know out when the opportunity of the bicycler comes up and says, Yay! So how do we do it? Can, can I just tell you right now that if I could just have you stand with me just for a few minutes, just, just for a few seconds, stand up with me, stand up. Quickly, stand up. Everybody put their back of their legs against the chair that you just stood up in. Okay, now watch this. Please, just do this for me. Would everybody just do a, a step forward? That's what we're going to do in the next few seconds. All you're going to do is take one step. We've got a journey to take. And I want you to think, not, oh, I can't. One step. You may be seated. You might think I'm crazy, but you'll never forget that illustration. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 14. Here's Paul, and he comes into the church again in Corinth, and he begins to tell that, that what they're doing as a believer, as a group of believers, is they're seeing the, the, the acts of the Holy Spirit played out in the church on a regular basis. And, he, and he's correcting, he's guiding, he's directing. And, and what they're doing is they're speaking in tongues, and they're prophesying. And, and he comes in and he says in verse 1, follow the ways of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, this is following 1 Corinthians 13 about the chapter of love. Love is not this. Love is not that. Love is this. And then he comes down to, as far as the spiritual gifts, look, desire spiritual gifts. Desire. There's some people in church today that go, I didn't even know there was spiritual gifts. Desire. Spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Pastor, are you talking to me about being a prophet? I got to grow a beard? I got to get a robe? No. But it talks about the power of the tongue in prophesying and watching what you say out of your mouth. And in this situation, over yourself and over your family. Over your boss. Over the people that are around you. Prophecy is to foretell events divine, speak under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, exercise the prophetic office, to, to be able to speak. How you doing, son? You know, you're a loser, don't you? Yeah. Not going to mount anything. Prophetic. I heard Zig Ziglar say that he went and he spoke at a prison and he took Jim Sunberg, which was the former gold glove catcher for the Texas Rangers and and he heard Jim Sumber give up and get up and speak to the prisoners and he said one day he realized looking back on his life his dad played catch with him almost every day and he said son you you throw like that and you're going to be in the major leagues and he said 
I realized my dad really just spoke into my life all these years. And it encouraged me, encouraged until the day that I, I signed my first contract and I became a gold glove. I mean, one of the best catchers in history. And one of the prisoners came up after his speech and he said, you know, that's amazing because my dad always said, one day you're going to be in prison. See, Paul knew the power of prophetic word. He says, eagerly desire the spiritual gift of prophecy. What, what is that? To prophesy the power of what the word of God says over the believer's life. For anyone who speaks a tongue does not speak to men, but to indeed no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Now watch verse 3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That is prophetic. That is what you're speaking in a what we know is English to each other. We can hear each other's voice. But we're talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about, again, speaking words that are spiritual words. And we believe being filled with the Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the ability to speak an unknown tongue. This is what sounds so crazy to the world that doesn't understand the Holy Spirit working in and through them and giving them the power to do supernatural things. He says in verse 4, I want you to look at this with me. That's verse 5. I think it's verse 4. It says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I'm going to wrap it up. I've got some more. I might read this one last bit, but here's what I want you to see. This morning, when we're talking about the power of the tongue and, and being able to guide us in the direction we're going to go, in, in the time, you know, right now, we're, we're in a place of a drought. We're talking physical we're talking in our in the world that we live in, in Texas and the heat. You know, a lot of times they, they we make reference to, you know, God's here in the sunshine and in the rain. In Texas, it's like <laughs> rain, we get giddy. And then in sun, you know, whoa. Whatever, the sun in Texas has, it's, it's an extreme right now in the weather. And spiritually speaking, there's people here today that feel like they're in a drought. And they say, you know what, I, I just, I, Pastor, I think I might be in that helpless stage. Slipping into hopelessness. I don't, I don't see, I need a breakthrough. There might be some relationship problems that you're dealing with today in your family. That you need a breakthrough. Here's what I want you to hear. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. Now, when I speak in an unknown tongue, it's not for you unless I interpret what God's put on my heart. But it's to edify who? Me. In a time of drought, when helplessness, hopelessness comes on, God has placed in us the ability to say, God, 
I speak in an unknown tongue. God, I just, I allow my tongue to just, God, speak. Now, I know this is sounding crazy to some of you, but I'm telling you, when you begin to say, God, I can't even doubt what I'm saying, because I don't even know what I'm saying. That the Holy Spirit inside of me is praying, I believe, the perfect thing that I need. That Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for John Miller. To edify. Edifice means to build a structure, a large structure of protection. When we talk about the power of tongue and confessing the things of God that is spoken into our life, and it sounds so stupid because we're in the middle of the middle of the middle of the storm. And people goes, I know what you're going through. How can you do that? What's different in your life? It's not it. It's a he and he lives and he resides in me. I had you stand and just take a step. It's so much easier for all of us to say, one two-letter word that frees us of what we think all responsibility, and that is no. When you allow God to speak in your life about the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through your life, here's what I want you to do. is think back to that one step. God, I, I pray right now. I, I need to be encouraged. Myself. A prophetic word is to edify somebody else. But speaking in tongues is to edify me. To give me the hope. The God that you have a future for me. God, I, I might have I might have lost my job. My dog might have died. My smoke detector is going off at two in the morning. I got a guy in stretchy pants in the middle of the storm coming to me saying, get that fixed. God, I, I need some edifying in my life. I need, I need some encouragement. When we lean on our own wisdom, hear me, here's what we do. And it's to my embarrassment that I've done this. My wife isn't encouraging me enough. My children aren't encouraging me enough. The world that I'm living in, you church people, you know who you are. You're not encouraging me enough. And God says, I'm here. In, in closing this message, I want to have you begin confessing with your mouth through a song. We have already sang it. You know the words. And if you don't know the words, we have it conveniently on the screens. But watch as you sing it out of your mouth. Allow your ears to hear as a confession of your faith. And then at the end of the worship, we're going to have a time that I'm just going to ask you. 
If there is relationship problems in your life, I'm going to have Mark come up and lead us in a prayer. And, and just, again, if there's relationship problems that need to be mended, maybe with family members, maybe with somebody that you know that today that they're not even here, but you're going to make that step. That you believe that you need edifying and you need a filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come. Would you just stand and I'm going to lead us in prayer. And then I'm going to turn it over to Lisa to lead us a couple times in this song. God, today. God, we refuse to believe that there is no hope. God, we refuse the voices that speak that we're helpless. God, your word that you have placed in our path and said over people's lives that, God, that we use as our own personal example to be strong and courageous and not to fear, that, God, we receive that today. Father, that we might be prosperous in whatever we do. And wherever we go, God, because you are with us, speaking over our lives today. God, today we give you full access to work in our life. In your name we pray. Amen.